0: Howdy and welcome to the very first episode ever of the Red Dirt Aggie Show. I will be your host Brian aka the Red Dirt Aggie from Magnolia, Texas. Yeah, I'm so excited for this podcast. It's going to be a place where every week I'll be talking about the latest Aggie specific news. With a heavy focus on major Aggie sports, as well as all the other awesome things going on in the Texas music and red dirt scene, and the whole Texas music industry. Um, for me, both of these things are very near and dear to my heart: Aggie Land, Aggie culture, the Aggie cult, and what you call a red-ass Aggie, fighting Texas Aggie class of twenty eighteen. I bleed maroon. I also love, absolutely love Texas music. Um, and I don't believe it necessarily has to be Texas country or any specific genre, just the music that comes out of Texas is special. And so I want to put an emphasis on that music in this podcast, turning some of y'all on to some of that music. Uh, they don't play it on the radio a lot of times. Got to dig deeper to find it. There's some good music out there. I also want to put a heavy focus on Aggie sports. So what better way to do it than with this podcast? Each week we'll dive in and look at the uh, key matchup. While while we're in football season, we'll look at what happened uh, each week in the Aggie football game, how things went. Uh, What the state of the team is, what's going through Jimbo Fisher's mind, what's going through the fan base's mind, what's going through my mind. I'll just kind of talk about it. I'm thinking we'll have guests on. Uh, We play Arkansas here pretty soon. I got a good buddy of mine who actually goes to Arkansas. So I'm thinking I'll have him come on. and we'll, We'll have a little friendly debate before that game. Uh, Several, several people with a lot of sports knowledge that I can have on. I actually have a friend who's starting up in the Texas music scene. I'd love to have him on eventually. Um, So I do plan to have guests. A lot of times in the beginning, though, it's going to be just me on here too. Um, This is something I'm starting as a hobby, but who knows what it will become. So let's just dive right in. With a look back at last week, and oof, I don't know about y'all, but I was, I was pretty down on uh, last Saturday after that game. Did not expect to lose that one. You know, I, I expected us to struggle a little bit early after the way we played in Sam Houston and then pull away in the second half, kind of like in that game. Um, I expected it to be a little closer. A new app state was no slouch after what they did against UNC. You know, that offense put up around 60 points, but that defense gave up around 60 points too. So um, all in all, I don't think our defense really even played that bad against them this week. I think uh, that a lot of things went wrong on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, we had several mishaps there. So some key takeaways from last week, I think the Aggies need to remember here that we need to remember as a fan base um, and as a school, as Aggies, we need to remember that the season's not over. One game, you can't let one game dictate your whole season, especially this early in the year. Week two, non-conference opponent. They came in, they kicked our butt, they won. Okay, but it's over. You got to move on. Huge game this week. Sell out crowd, 8 p.m. kickoff. Huge game this week. National televised audience. Got to get up for this game coming up but that one in the past. We can still have that special year that that, that the media thinks we can have or thought we could have at the beginning of the year. We can still have it. Teams got to stay together. Fans got to stay together. Show up, yell loud. We can still have that special season. Now, what went wrong last week, though? What needs to change? A lot of things. Um, so let's start with what I'm hearing members of in the fan base, of course, you lose a you lose a game like that, everyone starts gunning for the quarterback. Did Haynes King play a perfect game? No. Did he play a good game? No. Did he really do anything great in that game? Also, no. Do I think you change to a different quarterback for this game? I think you make it sort of a competition in practice, but no, I don't think it's time to change quarterbacks yet. Um, you got to put faith in your guy for at least one more game. Now, Haynes King, what happened this past week is not all on King. That offensive line could not protect to save their life. I saw times – I was at the game too in person. I saw several times they're rushing three defensive linemen. You can't even block three guys when everyone else is dropping into coverage. And you're going to put the blame on the quarterback. He's under pressure as soon as he took every one of those snaps. He's having to run around, throw off his back foot. You can't expect him to have a good game. He can't do it all on his own. Now, did he make some poor decisions when he did on the rare instances where he did have time to throw? Yes. Okay. But he's still learning. I mean, this is what his – let's think back. I mean, he started two games last year, but basically only one. He had one drive in that second game against Colorado. Then. This year, he's played what one game against Sam Houston before this. I mean, this is only this guy's third game. Um, he didn't show he he didn't show a whole lot of positives, but I mean, he's learning. I don't know if y'all remember Kellen Mond's growth over the course of his career. What Jimbo did with him by that uh, senior season, but he he grew a lot. He cleaned up the turnovers, and that's what Haynes King's main thing is. He needs to get rid of those turnovers. He's got mobility, which is great. He can get it out of the pocket. He can run when he needs to. He's clean up the turnovers, dial in the accuracy. And um, I think he'll be all right if he can just make smarter decisions. Um, can't drop the snap, though. Saw him do that a couple times. Can't, can't be doing things like that. Um, so it was a mess all over that offensive side of the ball. Olon, when he did hit the receivers, they were dropping it. Um, I think just about everyone on the offensive side of the ball has at least one play they wish they had back from that game. Defense in that game. Defense is, was not the issue. We didn't give up a lot of points. That was a that was actually a pretty high-powered offense in App State. Like I said, they scored a ton of points against UNC. Um, around 40 points came in the fourth quarter of that game, too, or something crazy like that. So – you gotta you gotta think about that. That defense was on the field the whole game. I look back at time of possession, something like forty minutes. App State had the ball. We only had it 20 minutes. 60 minutes in a football game. We only had it 20 minutes in the game. You can't win when the time of possession is like that. We allowed App State, the backwood school from the mountains of Boone, North Carolina, to come in Kyle Field and put on a show for a hundred thousand people and just run us all over the field, run us right out of the stadium. They dictated the pace. They came in, they outcoached us, they outplayed us and they won. Am I disappointed? Yes, but I can't be mad at app state. They came in and they did everything right. It wasn't officiating that lost us the game. There was no, you know, garbage like that. We just absolutely did not show up now. Defense played well with what they were given. They were, like I said, they were on the field the whole time. You can't put the blame on this game on the defense. I think they, uh, they played about what was expected of them. You got to score points to win the game. The defense did not give up too many points for us to have won that game. The offense did not score enough points, if that makes sense. So we need to sustain drives in our next game and going forward. Sustained drives, keep that defense rested on the sideline so they can be the dominant defense that they are. Because they are a dominant defense, and they're going to be all right so long as we can do those things. Some other things I'm hearing from the fan base, and I think this is interesting. Um, I kind of agree with this. Should Jimbo Jimbo be calling the plays anymore? For those of you who don't know, he has an offensive coordinator – um, but the offensive coordinators up in the press box usually so doesn't really call the plays during the games. Jimbo's on the sideline calling the plays. Um, whereas that's different in a lot of other programs. Uh, Bama, I'm pretty sure uh, that, you know, Saban does not call the plays. For example, he's, he's the head coach. He's the game manager, but he's got someone calling his offensive and defensive plays. Now, Fisher's calling all the plays on offense, so he's – essentially playing that role and trying to manage the game. Um, And his style of offense, you know, it's old school. It's ground or pound, wear you down, sustain drives. But when you don't have creative enough plays to sustain drives, you know, is it really working? So maybe Jimbo needs to stop being so stubborn uh, and let the offensive coordinator have a little more power or find one that he trusts enough. To have that power. Time will tell. But that is an interesting debate to be had. Now, enough enough talk about last week. Last week's over. Let's get ready for this week. Beat the hell out of Miami. Number 13 Miami coming into College Station. It's a statement game. Taking on number 24, Texas A&M. You got a national TV audience, ESPN, 8 p.m. Central time kickoff. Okay, nationally televised game, ESPN. Everyone's going to be watching, thinking that Miami's going to kick our butt after last week. We got a shot to prove them wrong. 12th man's, 12th man's got to show up. Looks like they are planning to show up. They announced a sellout crowd earlier today. So uh, they've already sold out tickets um apparently some thirty-six thousand student tickets have been sold already um there's rumors that not even all students with sports passes are going to get tickets that didn't pull by the end of ticket pool today so that's just nuts to me that but they're uh they people been camping out you know each day for ticket pool so i don't know if you all remember but last time we had a tough loss last season Bama came to town for a big night game. Similar thing happened. Crowd got up. Crowd got hype. And we won the dang thing. So let's do it again this time. Win the dang thing. Carry the momentum into the rest of the season and get going again. You never know. You never know. We, We get on a roll. We start winning. People will forget a lot about that App State game. Those early games don't mean as much when you get later in the season. And that's all I'll say on that for now. Now, let's take a look at Miami, our upcoming opponent. Uh, They got off to a slow start last week against Southern Miss. Once they got a turnover, got themselves going, though, they exploded. Dropped, like, 40 points on them, 40-7, to something like that, final score. Okay, they dominated, did what they were supposed to against Southern Miss. Uh, They opened up against... um, Another, I think it was Bethane-Cookman. Check me on that if I didn't say that right. Uh, However, they've taken care of business. You know, they haven't played the most amazing opponents in the world. But, hey, we played App State last week and got our butt kicked. So, you know, got to be ready, okay? Uh, Their offense is averaging 50 points a game, explosive offense, um, and 515 total yards. Quarterback Tyler Van Dyke uh, hasn't been putting up incredible passing numbers, but, boy, is he accurate, around 80, 70 to 80% completion percentage. Um, and he's not going to make many mistakes, so if you have a chance to make an interception on this guy, you got to catch the ball because he ain't going to miss another throw again. Um, he's efficient. Stats aren't gaudy. Very high completion percentage, no turnovers. Defense got to get pressure on him early, throw off his rhythm. Now, their big star, their leading rusher, Henry Paris Jr., he's averaging 205 yards a game, 5.9 yards a carry. Already got four touchdowns over just two games. You got to find a way to slow him down. Get off the field on third down. Don't let him wear you out. Do not let Miami come into College Station and dictate the pace. Because that's what happened last week, and we saw what happened. Miami's a much better football team than App State. So if they dictate the pace, it's going to get ugly. It is going to get ugly. That being said, our keys to the game. We have to sustain drives. We got to allow our defense time to rest. Take our time getting down the field, score points. So what that starts with, O-line's got to open up some holes, run the ball. Run the ball. That takes a lot of pressure off Haynes King if he's going to be starting again, which everything I've heard says he is going to be starting again. I know Jimbo was saying earlier in the week he was going to evaluate maybe start a different quarterback. From everything I've seen, Haynes King should still be the starter. Um, now, yes, sustained drives. Rest your defense. Keep them on the sideline. Get them rest up so they can do what they do. They are a dominant defense but they need their rest. So basically what we didn't do against App State, sustained drives. Get the ball in the hands of your playmakers as much as possible. You got a guy by the name of Anaya Smith, the Swiss Army Knife as they like to call him on on TV. 10 receptions, 185 yards, and two touchdowns this season. Get the ball in his hands. Good things are going to happen. Clean it up on special teams. Don't forget you got an electric kick returner. If A-Chain can run back one of those kicks at any point on the punt or kick return, that will ignite the crowd. Making plays on special teams in defense absolutely fires up the 12th man, the crowd. Place gets electric. Crowd was dead silent, but when A-Chain ran back that uh, kickoff last weekend against App State, tied the game up, crowd came to life, and we had a little bit of momentum there for a minute until we turned the ball over again. So be smart with the ball. Limit turnovers. Miami has a plus-four turnover differential. That's not good for us. A team that's struggling with turnovers, going against a team that's good at forcing turnovers, you can't turn the ball over against this team and expect to win. And it's going to go back to them dictating the pace again. They have a dominant defense, only allowing – they have a dominant defense, and of so we. Okay, both not allowing very many points each game. 12th man needs to yell, 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 yell. Kyle Field better be rocking with that sold-out crowd. Fans and students got plenty of time to get out there and tailgate, get that liquid courage, that liquid motivation to scream, scream, scream. And uh, Kyle Field will be rocking Saturday night. Prediction for the game, defensive struggle early. Big special teams or defensive plays going to ignite that 12th man, and Aggies are going to pull away and win a close one. Get back on track this week. Giga Mags beat the hell out of Miami. Okay. 8 p.m. kickoff. Loud and proud. Beat the hell out of Miami. Other news around College Station lately. Um, again, I said I was in College Station uh, last weekend, actually, for my buddy's bachelor party. Uh, We went up and we went to the game, went to Northgate like old times. Uh, Then we went up to Dallas and went to the Cowboys game too. He's a Cowboys fan, so it was a rough weekend for him with the Aggies and the Cowboys losing. Um, But all around a fun time for all of us involved. Uh, Going back to Aggie News though, while we were out on that bachelor party, we hit up Northgate. We noticed a new bar called Good Bull Ice House. Pretty cool place. Excellent new bar on Northgate. It kind of it's right where Four O and Go used to be on Northgate. If you any of you old ags remember that, I'm class of 2018, and I think it was there in 2018 and in 19. Class of 18 who graduated in 19 took that victory lap for the extra football season, right? Um. But yeah, the Good Bull Ice House out there on Northgate, very cool. Gives Little Woodrow's type of vibes, if you've ever been there to any of those. It's modern. It has, like, swings and a giant screen in the back for watching football. Uh, there's, there's AstroTurf on the ground, like, measuring cup style, big drinks and stuff. Just very cool place, very modern. Um, I think it's going to be one of the most popular new bars out there on the gates of the north. Um. Another interesting thing I'm hearing about Northgate on social media, i um, not sure how reliable this uh, information is, but supposedly the city of College Station is pushing for Northgate, or at least someone in the city council is pushing for Northgate to start closing earlier than 2 a.m., perhaps at midnight. Now, I think this would be uh, very bad for the businesses, for the bars out there, um, cause some of the football games don't even end until later than that. And I know a lot of people like to go out after the football game. Um, or you think about people who go to midnight yell and then go over there to Northgate or, you know, it's just college, college students need bars that are open till 2am. I'm sorry. Um, I do understand where the thinking's coming from. There's a lot of resources from the city that, you know, have to be over there at 2am making it harder to respond to other calls, but, I mean, it's a college town. you got to just be prepared for that, right? Um, The Northgate, I know, is open till 2 a.m. That's all I'll say on that. Uh, Gig'em. Now, let's head into our Texas music segment here. Uh, We'll spend a little time on this. And now, just an FYI, certain episodes will have longer segments on the music. Certain ones will be longer on the sports. This week, a lot of things to talk about in the sports so the music segment may be a little shorter um but i do have some big news tonight at 11 p.m central Co. wetzel is dropping his new album hell paso finally drops tonight uh he's done a lot of neat promotional work with it for the album he's got like a phone number like 1-800 hell paso something like that you can call and it's his voice on there and some of his songs and uh, talking, he's done some fake behind the scenes documentary stuff, kind of try to show his rock star lifestyle he lives, which I mean, he doesn't really need to sell it anymore, right? If you've ever been to one of his concerts, if you've ever, if you haven't, go look up stuff on YouTube, look at his social media and stuff. You you could you'd know that this guy uh, lives hard, lives fast, like a rock star, you know, drinking and partying all the time. Jamming out, burning down whatever venue he plays, and just having a good old time. Um, so, yeah, but everything he uh, touches seems to turn to gold musically. Very talented musician. Uh, his music's almost changed from country over to rock, southern rock, and even punk rock a little bit influences. Uh, but he's wild. His concerts are too. I saw him many times over the years in College Station. Um, him and Parker used to do shows together. Parker McCollum, both of them have just blown up exponentially since I first started going to see them in concert. I remember seeing Parker open for Josh Abbott band back at hurricane Harry's in college station. Great, great dance hall and music venue. Um, it's a shame not as many big bands are playing out there now, but, uh, great place to see a show, great place to go dance spent a lot of time there in college. Um, but yeah, I've seen co-play there. I've seen him play Chili Fest in Snook, Texas, which is a big music festival party scene for, uh, a lot of the Aggie folk. And then, um, most recently I saw him perform at Cynthia Woods Mitchell Pavilion over in the Woodlands, Texas, not too far from where I live. And, uh, magnolia that was that was a heck of a night a lot of fun was had ubers were needed <laughs> so uh shout out to uber and my parents actually for giving me and my f- friend and my fiance ride right over to the show um and then uber for getting us home safe but uh while we're on the topic of concerts too i'm absolutely pumped for next month i'm going to see whiskey myers play at that same venue the Woodlands pavilion I saw them play last year at the Golden Nugget Casino in Lake Charles. One of the best concerts I've ever seen. Um, it was on the second floor of the hotel. And the whole floor was shaking the whole time. You could feel the floors rocking and shaking. Um, just loud, in your face. Southern rock, Texas country, whatever you want to call it. Texas music. Okay, red dirt. Um as this is the Red Dirt Aggie show, but it was incredible. Um, best show I've ever seen. We go downstairs after the show to continue our night in the casino. Fire alarms are going off on the first floor because that top floor above it was shaking so much. Um, it must've triggered something, but their new album Tornillo, or Tornilo, Tornillo just came out recently. And it's proof that they really can't do anything wrong musically completely different sound and direction from what they usually do. Check it out if you haven't already. Oh my goodness, it's it's awesome. Um but yeah, it's it's not like bad different, it's just different. And that's really the only way I can describe it and it's awesome because Whiskey Myers made it. Whiskey Myers is a band by the way. So don't let anyone um go around thinking Whiskey Myers is a person for those of you who don't know anything about Um, If you're looking for some smaller artists out there grinding away on Texas Music Scene, be sure you go on Spotify, Apple Music, wherever you get your music. Check out John Stork. He's got some good stuff. I also want to give a huge shout-out to August Mann. Uh, He's a great buddy of mine. Um, He's actually who I was... uh, He's just—he's a great buddy of mine. He's a good friend of mine. I'm—I'm I'm actually gonna be in his wedding, a groomsman in his wedding. But uh, great dude, great musician. He just recently dropped an album at the start of the year. Um, it's still picking up traction, but once it does, I know he, it's gonna take off. He's gonna do great things. He's—he's um, he's looking to start maybe trying to play shows next year and start getting back in the studio uh, after he gets married in October. So. Check him out, check out his music um, for updates about this podcast and to give feedback or suggestions and all that type of stuff. Please, please do so and uh, shoot me an email at RedDirtAggieShow at gmail.com. Again, that's RedDirtAggieShow at gmail.com. Now, I also plan... To uh, this week, after this goes live, I want to create social media channels uh, across Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. um, And just kind of set those up to share the latest Red Dirt news, the latest Aggie news. All that type of stuff on there for you guys. So you can follow along and keep up and know when new episodes are coming out. Now, know that new episodes will typically release around the time, at least in football season, they'll typically release either, you know, in a day or two before the game. Uh, there may be one a day or two after games. It's just going to depend on what I can fit into my schedule, but I definitely want to have at least one episode going up every week. This is something I take a lot of pride in. I think it's going to be fun. So, thanks for joining me on this journey. And, yeah, remember that if you have e- if you have comments, suggestions, questions, concerns, things you think I should talk about on the show, know somebody who wants to be on the show, email me at show at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. mags beat the hell out of Miami. Give that Co. Wetzel album a listen when it comes out tonight. And, uh Again, that's El Paso, was the name of that one. And uh, as always, thanks and gig them. See you next time.